This is Solid Talk. Speaking out loud in depth. Check it out. Speaking out loud in depth. Cancel culture can't keep me in check. In from beginning, gotta tell us what's next. True believers, they can come and connect. Call in or even come as a guest and show each other respect. God bless you, family. Praise the Lord. My name is Brother Greg. This is Solid Talk, speaking out loud in depth. And tonight, I'm asking the question. We're we're asking the question. The Lord is asking the question. What does it mean to endure? What does it mean to endure? And the story that I was about to tell right before I officially started this Solid Talk was I was saying that before I came on here, I was making pretty good time. I was in a pretty good mood. I had cooked my mom a breakfast and she was, I mean, I'm sorry, a, a dinner and she was very pleased with it. So I was feeling like a, like a, like a very well accomplished son. <laughs> and all of a sudden I'm getting ready to head here and my keys are just nowhere to be found. So I tear my room up. I tear the kitchen up because those are really the only two places that I had really frequented since I've been at her house, I'm either in my room or I'm in the kitchen. <laughs> you know, I'm occasionally in her room. Uh, maybe if she need me to do something, to, you know, whatever. She's on crutches right now. And I'm a, a, very rarely in the bathroom. But anyway, I could not find the keys. And so, needless to say, I'm flustered because I have solid talk at 8 o'clock. And I'm trying to get on to get to you guys to talk about what it is that the Lord had placed on my on my heart this week and I had no keys to be found so I start brainstorming and I'm like maybe I'm like maybe it's where I was walking the dog so I walked the dog earlier this morning I'm thinking okay I was jogging her a little bit so maybe it fell out of my pocket or something because I had like a hoodie with a little pocket pouch in the front I don't know what you call it so I'm thinking maybe it might have fell out when I was jogging a little bit. So I literally walked the whole route of me walking the dog, nowhere to be found. You know, I asked the uh, the, the the folks that work with me in the ministry, you know, that I said, this is silly, but can y'all please agree with me that the Lord would find would tell me where my keys are. So I go back to my mom's house after walking around the whole block at nighttime with a flashlight trying to find my keys and... I get back to my mom's house and I I just kind of look in the living room or something and they were in the most obscure place. They were like under the what do you call it? The the table that's in the living room. I forget what you call it, but the table that sits in front of the sofa. They were under that and it was like dark in there cuz it was basically nighttime. Needless to say, that is very fitting for our topic tonight where I'm asking a question, what does it mean to endure? I'm going to open up the lines just in case somebody wants to call in because I'm going to be honest with y'all. I don't feel like doing <laughs> I'm a little flustered now. I don't feel like doing too much or nothing. But if you want to call in and answer this question for me, 202-738-1686. The reason why I originally thought about this question was the Lord placed the word endure on my mind. And I was thinking about 2020. I've been thinking about some of the things that folks have been going through, some of the things that we've been going through collectively. And I am, okay, forgot to cut the heat off. <laughs> I am uh, very 
grateful for all of the wonderful things that God has done this year. And I'm very intentional about trying to focus on good things, whatsoever things are good, whatsoever things up here are honest, are of good report. Um, I'm so focused on those things. And, you know, but all of that being said, I can't, I can't, I cannot ignore the fact that this has been a trying year. I'm not going to pretend like it has not been a trying year. One of the things that I believe, let me cut this Skype on in case somebody does decide to call. One of the things I believe that the Lord is teaching us through this year is he's teaching us what it actually means to endure, (laughs) what it actually means to endure i posed this question or rather i made a comment about the lord placing this word in my spirit this week and uh in our little group chat and sister stephanie looked up what it means to endure and the definition is fascinating i don't even know the word to really tell you what the definition is because when you think of endure you kind of you we kind of know what it means we say it in our everyday language but when you look it up, it's a verb, and it actually means to suffer. Something painfully, has in parentheses, something painfully or difficult, patiently, okay? So we are suffering something patiently. Now, let's think about what that actually means, okay? Suffering is something that we can't control, because if we could control suffering, we would never suffer. Let's just get that straight now. The only person who pretty much willfully suffered was Jesus Christ. And that was because he loved us so much that he chose to suffer for us. But the rest of us, <laughs> or at least let me speak for me, I'm not going to choose to suffer if I can avoid it at for any reason, right? Um, but we'll get into the reasons why we are called to suffer. Right. So let me let me let me put that little caveat in there before somebody get carried away with that. But what I'm getting to is it's not the fact that you are suffering, but it's how you are suffering. Okay, to endure is not just the fact that you are suffering, but it's how you suffer. Right. And the qualifier in this definition, when you look it up, it's right on Google. You can look it up is to suffer patiently. Okay, patiently, meaning that you can suffer with an attitude, you can suffer uh, begrudgingly, you can suffer with the stank face, you can suffer cussing people out, you can, you can, there's all sorts of different ways that you can suffer. But to endure something means to suffer something patiently. And I'm getting ahead of myself, but since I'm not supposed to teach tonight, I'm supposed to talk, I got to remind myself. And what patiently also means is that you are waiting with expectancy because when you are suffering, okay, or when you are enduring, you are suffering patiently, meaning that you have an expectation for there to be some sort of desired outcome, whether that outcome be someone, uh, someone or something that you are enduring for or toward or whether that outcome be just the fact that you're waiting to stop suffering. <laughs> but there's there's something that you have at the end of the tunnel that keeps you motivated, that keeps you focused, that makes you say within yourself, 
I am going to endure because, you know, when it, when an athlete goes to, you know, when a football player or something is going through practice and they have these rigorous practices and they're going to the gym and they're lifting these weights and they are suffering, they're suffering for a reason, okay? They're suffering for a reason. They, they're suffering because they have a championship in mind. They're suffering because they want to win the game. They're, they're enduring because they have some sort of motivation. And I'm hearing some feedback. Forgive me if you guys hear feedback. I don't know where it's coming from. But they're suffering because they have some sort of motivation that is inspiring them to continue and to be patient despite the fact that they have not yet received what it is that they are anticipating. And that's the first definition of what it means to suffer. Then... The second definition of what it means to suffer is also interesting, and that means to remain in existence or to last. You know, they they got a slogan in Ford. It's called Built Ford Tough. It's built to last, right? To remain in existence to last. And the, and the, 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 the example that this definition gives is these cities have endured through time. Are you able to last? Are you built to last? Yes, 2020 has been a very challenging year, but the fact of the matter is, if you are listening to this solid talk right now, the truth of the matter is that you have lasted, okay? You have endured. It might not have been pretty. It might not have been the way you might have wanted it to be, but the fact of the matter is that you have endured, and it's by God's grace that we are able to endure, Right. It's by the Lord's grace that we are able to endure. And so looking at this word endure in the word of God, I'm looking at the blue letter Bible and I wanted to get here to test all of this out. I'm scared that if I I'm scared if I no, it ain't work. Hold on. OK, I thought it's going to work. <laughs> OK, back to normal. Um, but you can go to blue letter Bible dot org and just search the word endure and what you'll find is that it appears in the King James version 29 times and just looking at how it is described in the word of God especially when it comes to a lot of it in the New Testament really pay attention and look at what's really being said what's really being said right when we talk about enduring so let's look at, I'm going to go to Matthew last because that's the one that I actually want to kind of talk from. But if you go to Mark chapter 4, verse 17, and have no root in themselves, so endure but for a time. And look at this, afterward, when affliction or persecution arises for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. So this is talking about those believers or, or, or you know, people who will profess to follow Christ, but they they don't have a, a root, okay? They don't have a foundation. The word that came to them did not land on the right type of soil, right? So it's talking about they only endure for a time. But then it says afterward, when affliction or persecution arises, why? For the word's sake, immediately they are offended. So this, is, this scripture right here, Mark, chapter 4 verse 17 is really talking about 
one of the reasons why people are not able to endure. And one of those reasons is the fact that it's for the sake of the word, it's for the sake of the gospel. It says that affliction and persecution ariseth for the word's sake. What that means is that if you preach this gospel and teach this gospel in its proper context, even though it's good news, some people are not going to receive it as good news and there will be affliction and there will be persecution. As a matter of fact, I would go as far as to say, if you're not receiving any type of affliction or persecution, you're probably not preaching the, the, the pure, unadulterated gospel of Christ. You're probably preaching a watered down version that doesn't offend anyone. And it's not that our goal is to offend anyone, but it's the fact that the flesh is offended by the spirit. The flesh and the Holy Spirit wrestle against each other. So you got these situations, right? Where the Bible says, woe, woe unto you when all men speak good of you. If everybody has something good to say about you, that means that you're pleasing everybody. And if you're pleasing everybody, that means that you're not pleasing God because you can't please God and every other human at the same time. You can love God and every other human at the same time, but you can't please God and every other human at the same time. And so in this culture that we live in today, that is very anti-God and anti-Christ just preaching the basics of the gospel can offend somebody. You can say something as simple as Jesus is the only way and they will and, and that has the potential to offend somebody. You can just preach really basic stuff about sin and that has the potential to offend somebody. So what this scripture is saying in Mark is that there's some folks that will endure being a follower of Christ, maybe even preaching the gospel. But as soon as they get a little bit of resistance, they're not able to endure after that. So basically what that translates into is the, the ultimate prize, which is getting the gospel out. Uh, I guess you could say it's eternal life. I don't know if this is a, a scripture about salvation. Who knows? But anyway, the ultimate prize is not worth what it takes to endure to receive that ultimate goal. You know, Christ gave us a commission. He said, go ye therefore and preach to all nations, teaching them all things I've taught you, baptizing in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Ghost. And that's what we have been called to do. But with that comes challenges. So when someone chooses not to endure the challenges that come with that, what they're saying is that their own self-preservation, their own People pleasing is more important than doing what it is that the Lord has called us to do, right? Now, now look at this, Mark chapter 13, verse 13. Now, this is still in the book of Mark, but this is several chapters later on down the line. And let me see how I'm doing it here. Make sure I'm coming in okay. Okay, good. Praise the Lord. So then Mark chapter 13, verse 13. And ye shall be hated of all men for my name's sake. And this is Jesus speaking. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved and that's actually what i wanted to talk to teach from a little bit in matthew chapter 24 this is basically the cross reference or the parallel to that but what he's talking about 
is the same stuff that was mentioned in Matthew 24. He's talking about when Jesus said that there will be wars and rumors of wars that matter of fact, let's just read it now because we done already. I done already accidentally read it. <laughs> I done already accidentally read it. I might as well just knock it out, right? And we read this all the time on this channel. <clears throat> We're not going to read the whole thing, though. Matthew chapter 24. As a matter of fact, if it is in Matthew. Okay. It comes kind of early in, in 24, so we ain't got that far to go. Let's actually start at verse 4. Matthew chapter 24, verse 4. And Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And ye shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that ye be not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation and kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in diverse places. Now, all of these things I'm listing, or I say Jesus is listing, all of these are the things that if you're around for this time, you're going to have to endure. Many of us are enduring these things right now. We have seen nation rise against nation. The word nation in this text is ethnos, which means people group or race. So we've seen race, racial tension and kingdom against kingdom. That's like uh, countries against countries and stuff like that. We see that all the time. There shall be famines. We see that going on. Pestilences. That's going on. We in the midst of a of a pestilence right as we speak and earthquakes. That's always those are always happening and they've been increasing over the last 10 years or so. If you look them up statistically in diverse places, all these are the beginning of sorrows. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted. Now, here we are really getting into what he's talking about with the endurance. I'm at verse nine, Matthew chapter 24, verse nine. Then shall they deliver you up to be afflicted and shall kill you. And ye shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. Why are, why are we enduring? Why are we allowing ourselves to be killed? Why are we suffering through these things that are mentioned? It's for his name's sake. We have to resolve within ourselves that whatever is, I don't like this shirt tonight. <laughs> whatever is happening is not worth more than his name's sake. That's something that you have to get down in your soul. You have to really resolve that in yourself. Now, I'm not saying that you're going to get killed or nothing like that. You know what I mean? There, there are some saints that have already been killed. So this scripture did apply to them and it will apply to some others moving forward. But I'm not saying that it necessarily applies to you. But what I am saying is that we have to resolve within ourselves that for his name's sake and also for the sake of the gospel that we're willing to endure anything. It means that you have to know within yourself to live is Christ and to die is gain. Right. Hopefully it doesn't come to that. Hopefully we all live to to be, you know, a hundred and twenty. I don't know if I'm going to live that long. Let me you know, I'm being honest. Like <laughs> I got to see how this world look before I start making them type of prayers. I don't know. I'm, I feel like I'm aging pretty quickly, so we'll see. I don't think I'm going to be here over 100, but we'll see. But nonetheless, you know, it'd be nice to live a full life and, you know, just kind of pass away like, like a lot of folks have. But we know that a lot of the stuff we read about 
it's just going on right now. So we have to be prepared for anything. The Lord's return, right, is going to come like a thief in the night. So then look at verse 10. And then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. And many false prophets shall rise and shall deceive many. And because iniquity, which is lawlessness, shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. But look at verse 13. But he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. So what I'm asking tonight in the chat, I want to ask this question tonight because um, you are still here today. How is it that you have been able to endure, whether it be through 2020 or whether it just be through your life period? How is it? You can tell me in the chat or you can call in. How is it that you have been able to endure? Because obviously what we're, what we're seeing when it comes to endurance, right, it, it, it's, it's, it's a matter of suffering. It's a matter of suffering. I like it if, if we never had to suffer. <laughs> Y'all know me. I don't like to suffer at all. I, I don't like pain. I ain't no, I'm not a, a, a glutton for pain. I'm not a masochist or nothing like that. You can keep all that stuff far away from me. But sometimes it's just the case that we have to go through stuff. We have to go through stuff. And the fact of the matter is, if you're able to go through it, then you come out better on the other side of it. You know, if, if you practice, if you lifted those weights and went to those practices to win that championship, by the end of that season, you're going to be stronger than you started in the beginning of that season. You know, it's just a matter of holding out. It's just a matter of hanging on and holding out. So I just want to talk about that tonight because I know folks have been going through a lot, you know, uh, pub, uh collectively or corporately and also individually so i just want to bounce that off you guys and, and see if y'all can give me some pointers you know ashkenazi christian says reading my bible gets me through it amen praise the lord reading the word is what keeps us in a proper perspective because if we don't have the word uh, it's easy for us to lose sight it's easy for us to pay attention to the narrative that is always coming against the word because let's just be let's just be real whenever god presents something the devil is going to present a counterfeit just like adam and eve in the garden god gave them specific instructions and the devil presented a false doctrine so we will have a choice as to which one we want to believe do you want to believe what God and his word says about your situation or do you want to believe what the devil and his lies say about your situation because whatever he comes with is automatically a lie because Jesus is the truth so what Jesus says about your situation or your circumstance that's the thing that is what you need to hold on to you know you get a report from the doctor or something like that okay Yes, we, I have heard, I have listened to what the doctor says. Yes, and I, I comprehend it. But, I, but before I make a final decision, I want to hear what it is that God has to say about the situation. Because if God has something different to say about the situation, that's what I'm going to go with. I'm going to go with what God says about the situation. Sister Stephanie says the way she is able to endure is pure grace. Amen, sister. I'm with you on that. It's, it's like 
that's the only way. That's the only way is pure grace. I said this before. I had a, a deacon at one church. He said, I don't know how folks make it without Christ. And I, I agree with him. You know, it's just it's even different from when I was out in the world. And that wasn't even much long ago. But now it's like folks are just let me see this thing. Keep giving me static. But now folks are just um, folks are just being dealt with so much and they are just in so much fear. And it's like when you know the Lord, you just don't have to carry that burden of fear. You don't have to carry you don't have to carry that weight and walk around with that weight all the time. Just believing that you have to constantly believe everything that you see on the news or everything that you hear people talking about and all of this anxiety and stuff like that. You, we don't have to be subject to that when we have the comfort of God's word. But what we are able to do is we're able to be prayerful. We're able to receive God's grace. We're able to get in the word like Ashkenazi said and read that Bible. And we see examples in the word of folks who have been through things, of folks who have basically might have went through similar circumstances. I know a couple that was having trouble producing a child and they were going, traveling far to see this doctor spending all types of money. And they just eventually just gave up. When well, I gave up, they eventually gave up on the doctors and all of that and just said, you know what? We just going to trust God and we just going to let it be whatever it's going to be. And they ended up having three kids back to back to back. They, 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 they was trying to get one. The Lord gave them a triple portion. The Bible talks about a double portion. The Lord gave them a triple portion. And that was because they had faith. That was because they chose to believe what God said about their situation, despite what the doctors were saying, despite what the lies from the enemy were saying. But they decided, they made a decision, I'm going to choose the Lord and what he has to say about my situation. Sister Brittany says, praying for strength and wisdom gets me through. Absolutely, sister. The Lord had placed it on me years ago, like when I kind of was almost first saved, but more so like um, maybe like two or three years in, he started to tell me to pray for endurance. He's, he, uh, yeah, in fact, he did. Now that I think about it, he was telling me to pray for endurance, and that hits different now. <laughs> Because when you think of endurance, you're kind of thinking about stamina or something like that. You're thinking about conditioning. You know, you're thinking about being able to keep the faith. But you don't really think about the suffering aspect of it. And so it's almost like when you pray for endurance, you're all, it's almost like you're praying for the ability to be able to suffer through whatever you have to suffer through in order to make it to where you want to be. And that's what I wanted to say about Matthew chapter 24, that the scripture says, and I'm going to read it one more time. It says, but he that shall endure unto the end, the same shall be saved. That's the reward that that is the that is the condition. That's the thing that we're aiming toward the prospect of being saved. Is there anything that's more important than us being saved? Is there anything that's more valuable than our salvation? Even our own lives. The scripture says in Revelation, they overcame by the blood of the lamb, by the word of their testimony, and they love not their lives even until death, even unto death. So 
we have to have a spiritual perspective of everything that we see around us to know that this world that we're in right now it's a vapor it's temporary it's it, the scripture says that we're like grass we're just going to kind of kind of wither away like the flower of the grass you know the, the uh, excuse me the flower falleth off and the, the grass withers thereof or something like that it talks about in the bible and we got to understand that so it's not about the instant gratification of whatever we can receive when we are, I guess you would say, just just living in a moment. But a lot of times we have to make decisions based upon the long term. Somebody like Judas traded in Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. He looked at those 30 pieces of silver and he made a decision that instead of me following this guy and I'm not getting a shine. We're not even getting the type of money that I want. He could be making so much more money than this. The lady breaking the oil over him and spilling this ointment. We could have sold that oil and we could have used that to, to buy stuff, even though he said give to the poor. You know what I mean? But anyway, um, he had money on his mind. And the Bible even says that the love of money, the love of money is the root of all evil. And he made a decision and said, you know what? This money in this moment is more important than this guy who has revealed himself to us as the Messiah. And he traded him in for 30 pieces of silver. And then when he was when it was done with, he was filled with so much regret that he actually tried to give the silver back. He tried to give the money back and they basically told him, we don't want the money. We don't care nothing about those 30 pieces of silver. We don't care about that. That's that's blood money. We We don't want that. And he couldn't and he couldn't stand Judas. He couldn't stand the, the what he had done and he ended up hanging himself. So he hanged himself based off of a decision that he made in a moment. Now let me say this. He could have been meditating on that decision for a long time. Because the Bible tells us in the book of James how sin actually results in death. There's a there's a process that happens. Some stuff is instantaneous, but there's other stuff that festers within us and this is why we have to really take inventory of our lives and of our walk and really see what's in us james chapter 1 verse 13 let no man say is this what i want yeah let no man say when he is tempted i am tempted of god or by god for god cannot be tempted with evil neither tempteth he any man so god can't be tempted with evil neither is god going to tempt any man with evil Verse 14, I'm in James chapter one, verse 14. But every man is tempted when he is drawn away of his own lust, uh, also translated desires and enticed. Then when lust hath conceived, it bringeth forth sin. Now, look at that. Lust has to conceive. When you think about conception, you're thinking about birth. You're thinking about pregnancy. You're thinking about a seed meeting an egg and you're thinking about fertility okay so i'm thinking about me making a a lustful decision it has to have some sort of fertile uh w wickedly fertile heart to land on because the 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 thing that impregnates you is the flesh or an idea uh in the world they call it an impulse 
So we get an impulse to do something. And this is the temptation. The temptation can come from the flesh or the temptation can come from the enemy. It can be a fiery dart that's thrown at you. You get some idea in your mind that you weren't even thinking about. And the first thing you're thinking of, where where that come from? You weren't even thinking about whatever you were thinking about. But then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, and you're like, where that come from? That's a fiery dart that was thrown in your direction. And this is why the scripture tells us to put on the helmet of salvation so that when those fiery darts are thrown at us, they're fired at us, right? Uh, the mind of Christ and the helmet of salvation is able to thwart them off before they conceive. But for this illustration, if I ain't going to use that illustration, especially after I've been talking about, <laughs> about where these thoughts come from. But the point is that in order for that idea to take root, for that temptation to take root, it has to have a wicked fertile heart to land on. You know, it, it, it has to do that. And then so then it says in verse 15, what lust has conceived, it bringeth forth sin and sin when it is finished, bringeth forth death. So what that tells me is that sin has a process. The scripture says sin when it is finished. So that means that sin has a, a start and a finish, okay? It has a start and a finish. And if we allow sin to finish, according to this Bible, this scripture, it says, it bringeth forth death. So our goal is to, A, not even let it conceive, not even let sin conceive. But if it does conceive, we want to abort it before it is able to finish, before it produces whatever it is that it's trying to produce, we want to abort it. That's that's the only abortion that God is okay with is when we abort those sinful thoughts, sinful desires, lustful things that come to steal and to kill and to destroy. So when we think about endurance, right, we're thinking about being built to last. And I do believe that God won't put more on you than what you can bear. Somebody said that's not in the Bible. It's kind of in there. I forget. It's either in Romans or Corinthians, but it's, it's just worded differently. But the fact of the matter is God understands. But what you guys are saying is very helpful about reading the word, God's grace. Um, I think, what did Brittany say? She said, uh, praying for strength and wisdom gets me through. Look at wisdom. In Proverbs, it says that wisdom is the principal thing. Get wisdom, and with all that getting, get understanding, right? Wisdom is the principal thing. Where does wisdom come from? Wisdom comes from the Holy Ghost. Get wisdom, get the Holy Ghost, and with all that getting, get understanding. Okay, so you guys have got some good stuff. For those that are joining in, I'm asking a question tonight. What does it mean to endure? And we looked up with it, with the how the, you know, Google defines endure, and it actually means to suffer patiently something that's painful or difficult it also means to remain in existence and to last that's what that scripture said he that endures till the end he that endures till the end the same shall be saved so hopefully this is not the case for anybody but it sounds like somebody is going to get plucked off you know somebody the bible talks about the five wise and the five foolish virgins virgins my goal is for everybody to have oil in their lamps. I'm, I'm, I want, I need more oil. I need more oil. 2020 has been a year of endurance just in terms of keeping the faith, right? 
I mean, I haven't lost faith in the Lord or nothing like that, but just just the fact of um, warring against the flesh, that has been a challenge in and of itself this year. And we've got to have oil in order to be able to make it through. Look at the example of the five wise and the five foolish virgins. And I'm a, I'm a, um, I think I'm a call for a fast that you guys are welcome to participate in at the top of the year. We might do a 21 day fast for oil because we're going to need the oil just to be able to make it through. But if you look at the five wise and the five foolish virgins, what, what was it that they ended up needing? They ended up needing oil to be able to keep their lamp so that they could know where to go as they were traveling back to the bridegroom's house. You know, they say that the bridegroom is ready and they, they, they were able to navigate how in the dark because it happened in the middle of the night. They, the other virgins weren't banking on that. They weren't banking. They say, okay, maybe come in the daytime. You know, who has a wedding at night anyway, but it happened at night and they were on this journey and what the light allows us to do in the darkness is it allows us to be able to see. But if you don't have the oil, that means that you don't have the fire that allows you to be able to see in the midst of darkness. Lord have mercy. And so they needed to be able to endure to make it back to that bridegroom. They needed to be able to endure just to be able to be able to go on that journey and make that trip. So this is important. It's important. We're asking the question, what does it mean to endure? I'm going to see what other folks are saying. BSP says, I've seen the goodness of God and all my suffering just hanging by a thread sometimes, but believing and meditating on God's word. Lord have mercy. Yeah, hanging by a thread. Sometimes it feels like we can be running on fumes hanging by a thread i saw a meme one time you might have saw it it said if you ever feel like you're hanging on by a thread make sure that it's the um the hem of his garment the hem of jesus's garment and it's talking about the woman i think she had the issue of blood and she said if i can just touch the hem of his garment and she reached out and she just touched just just the just the hem of his garment and the bible says that virtue went out of him power went out of him and she was made whole in an instant. She was immediately made whole. So, so yeah, it will feel like we are hanging on by a thread, but make sure that it's the thread that's the hem of his garment. Praise the Lord for that. BSV says, worshiping can get us going again. Absolutely. You're worshiping. Let the worshipers do what they're supposed to do. You know what I mean? Sometimes just, just set the atmosphere in your house and let the ministers minister and you'd be surprised how we can kindle a fire. Sister Sherry says, I love to teach my baby girl about God. She loves to learn and she's a real good listener at the age of seven. She's so strong for it. Praise the Lord. That's a that's a testimony right there, sister. I love that she loves the Lord. Amen. B Noob says, having a Christian accountability partner, journaling, worshiping, being intentional about spending time with God each day. Now, those are really good suggestions and recommendations, be new because there's power in all of those things that you mentioned. You know, having an accountability partner, right? Uh, someone that you can call on to say, hey, how's it going? What's going on? 
This is why it's so important. The Bible says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. What that's talking about is that we're not supposed to have any lone rangers out here. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to congregate in a church, but what it does mean is that you need to be congregating or at least fellowshipping with other believers. Because when you do that, you guys are able to sharpen one another and you guys are able to build relationships with one another where the Lord will be able to put it on somebody else's heart. Okay, give such and such a call, just see how they're doing. And then you call them and you find out that they're going through a situation. I had something come up. I needed some advice. Well, actually, yeah, I did need some advice. And Brother Nate, he's, he, you know, he gave me a call and just said, what's going on, brother? I just um, I just called you because, you know, the Lord placed you on my heart. And I just called him to see what's going on. I said, man, it's so so good that you called because I am actually in some need of advice. And I think I was about to make a bad decision, but because I was in fellowship with Brother Nate, the Lord was able to use him in order to help me make a better decision than a decision that I would have made. So you, you, it's, 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 it's benefit to being in fellowship with one another. Having that accountability partner is a benefit because it's important. It's very important. Journaling is also very important. Now, I don't journal. I Those who know me really closely will know I really don't like handwriting. Um, I don't know. I just type way faster than I write. But anyway, that's not to say that it's not healthy because it's very healthy. And even the scripture says, write the vision and make it plain. And when you're able to lay out your thoughts like that, and when you're able see, when you journal, what you're actually doing is you are taking a burden and you're taking that burden off of you and you're putting it on that page. But more specifically, because we're journaling to the Lord, you're putting that that journal entry, which is a burden. You're putting that on Christ. And it might not always be a burden. Sometimes it might be things you did well. It might be things, areas of your life where you progress, where you've seen strides. And so now what you're doing is you're actually making a physical documentation of your growth throughout the faith which is only going to encourage you more when you do when you go back and reread it and it's like this this video i did years ago i didn't end up doing it <laughs> but i made a video suggesting that we all keep a faith book not a facebook but a faith book which is a book that that kind of whenever the lord does anything for you whether it be small or whether it be something major right that you write it down and you just, and, and whenever you feel discouraged, whenever you need a little bit of hope, whenever you are, are feel yourself doubting, or you might be in a great mood and you just want to brag on the Lord a little bit, you might want to make your boast in Christ. You can go back and you can read your faith book and you can see all the wonderful things that God has done. So yeah, if you are the journaling type, I think that's a good idea. I didn't end up doing that, but glory to God anyhow. <laughs> <laughs> hallelujah anyhow and i'm not against it i'm just not the type to physically write stuff down ashkenazi says i watched i watch the news but given i know it's mental programming determined by the council on foreign relations i don't give it any credibility yeah i, be, I really believe that one of the biggest benefits of knowing the lord specifically this year is the fact that 
we don't have to be victim to the psychological operation that's being done on people by the media. We can be exempt from those type of psychological manipulations. And it's really sad when you see other people go through it, you know, because they, folks just get so invested in this type of stuff. And they, like I said, they become fearful. But that's a benefit. And another benefit is the ability to see the end from the beginning. So because we have the mind of Christ and because we have the prophecy like we just read in Matthew 24, this stuff should not be catching us by surprise. If you've been in your Bible, even just, you know, moderately, we need and in prayer in your Bible and in prayer, you should be able to marry the word of God and the revelation of the Holy Ghost and prayer to understand what's going on real time but not even just real time a four time meaning that before these things even happen that's if you believe the word i believe the word so before we even had a pestilence i it doesn't surprise me that we had a that we are in the midst of a pandemic now did i like just you know just i just knew it was coming no it, i didn't know it was coming you know what I mean? I didn't. I was. I was just as much, you know, what I'm saying, trying to figure it out like a lot of other people. But I wasn't caught unaware because I already knew that that's something that is already written in this Bible. It's already in Matthew 24. It's already in Revelation. We, the Lord had us to read Revelation at the beginning of this year. If you guys remember, that was the first series that we did this year. We we, we read through the Book of Revelation. So, uh, yeah, it doesn't it doesn't catch us by surprise. Let me see what else folks are saying in here. OK, we got some chatting going on now. All right. Cool. Praise the Lord. Um, hallelujah. OK, I missed one earlier. Stephanie said obedience, attempting to uphold God's standard in all things, much prayer, fasting, study and worship. Amen. All of those things help tremendously. Glory to God. And I and I, I want to welcome everybody that's joining in. I, I don't have the time to say everybody's name tonight. Sister Brittany says, can God bless? Oh, here's a question. Can God bless non-believers? If so, what's the, what's the distinction between the blessing of a Christian versus them outside of salvation? Matthew 5 and 45 for reference. Let's answer that question, sister. That's a good question. And I can actually look back over my own life. But before I do that, I want to read Matthew chapter 5, verse 45, which says, hold up. Matthew chapter 5, verse, oh, I'm in Mark. I was about to say, I'm tripping. I was about to say, ain't no Matthew 5, for, but I'm in the wrong book. <laughs> Matthew chapter 5, verse 45, that ye may be children of your father, which is in heaven. For he maketh his son to rise on the evil and on the good and sin of rain on the just and on the unjust. So you actually got to what I was about to say before I got to it. I was about to say God reigns on the just and the unjust. But I want to answer your question with an example in my life. Uh, career wise, I keep going out of focus career wise. And I don't even really think it's about the career, to be honest. I think I think it's about God's sovereign purpose for my life. But. I didn't come to, I didn't I didn't I did not come to genuinely know the Lord until age 28. So I've been saved now for about 8 plus years. But before that, 
when I was 18 and I just got out of high school and I got on my career trajectory. When I look back over all of the doors that opened for me to get me to where I am in my career today, I realized after the fact that God was blessing me tremendously while I was a stone cold sinner. Now, I always say that my life is kind of tricky because I got baptized at 11 and I do believe that I knew what I was doing, but I, 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 I had no fruit, no actual relationship from my perspective. And I, I, I didn't, I didn't read the Bible. I didn't know any scripture. I, I, I was just doing everything under the sun that my little wicked heart wanted to do. And I, I'll consider myself a sinner and I consider myself unjust during that phase of my life. Now, if you want to get technical, it's arguable whether you want to say that I was, I was, uh, let me see what your question said. Uh, let me, let me see what your question, so I can get it right. Okay. Can God, non-believers, it's arguable whether you want to say if I was a non-believer or not. I believe I was a non-believer, but I also wonder if my initial baptism at age 11 was enough to qualify me as a believer and God always basically kept his eye on me and, and was just um, like, okay, enough is enough. And then he finally just called me out of the world. But I do like to think also though, that I was a non-believer and God was blessing me, even though I did not realize it at the time I went to, I was like 18. They were in DC. They have a, an office called department of employee services. And I was told that they had jobs for kids that had graduated high school or they were about to enter into college. So if you were in college, you could uh, go there and they would find a job for you. So I went there and I was I was uh, talking to somebody about a job. It wasn't really an, an interview. It was an interview in my mind, put it that way. And so I wore a suit. And when I went there, there was a lady. Her name was Miss Nelson. And... I spoke to her and according to her, she said that she was so impressed with my mannerisms and, and I guess my professionalism that she said, you can just work for us in our office. So I got hired right on the spot and I began to work with uh, this guy named Derry Anders. I, should, I don't know if I should be giving out people government names like that, <laughs> but um, I began to work with this guy named Derry and what he did was he was the actual person who got the college kids their job. So my job in that office was to fax off college kids' resumes to the various agencies around D.C., you know, uh, Treasury Department, State Department, uh, Department of Labor, Department of Education, etc. So what that allowed me to do was it allowed me to also fax my resume to all of the places as well and it wasn't like illegal i mean i was able to do it <laughs> you know but but obviously my point is that i i just had the inside track you know and so i faxed my resume to the state department and i came in for an interview this lady named rose martin she uh she hired me but years later so i ended up working there while i was at howard university but years later she told me that one of the reasons she hired me was because she saw my address and she used to live in my neighborhood and she kind of knew that was like a predominantly black neighborhood and she just wanted to give me an opportunity to get my foot in the door and to work 
And it was by God's grace that he placed that on her heart. While I was at the State Department, there was a guy that I was piloting this this thing for. And this was like a major sale that he was trying to make. He was trying to sell this budgeting tool to the State Department. And if he could get this, this was like huge for his for his um, um, budgeting tool that he was selling. And so my job as the intern was to configure his tool so that it met the format of the State Department because they have a very unique agency. Needless to say, I worked with him on that. When I was done with that, he was like, you know, once you graduate, if you want to come work for Treasury, you can come work for Treasury. So that door opened for me. Once I was in Treasury, I stayed there seven years. It started getting to be a little bit of warfare up there. I was saved by the time I left there. And then I just, I wasn't even applying for jobs. I just got a call randomly from a guy that used to work in Treasury who uh, knew some of the stuff I was going through. And he was just like, hey, we got a budgeting job here at the Mint. You can come work here and the rest is history. So while I was going through it, I just I just thought, hey, I'm, I'm doing it or these are nice people or, you know what I mean? I just thought that I had no understanding that God was doing all of that stuff. But when I look back over my life, I realized that God was doing all of that because he saw me today. He wasn't concerned about the fact, well, he might have been concerned, but he wasn't hung up on the fact that I was doing any and everything under the sun when I was out in the world and I was lost as a ball in high weeds, as Pastor Price would say. But he was more so focused on his sovereign plan for my life. So to answer your question, Sister uh, Brittany, yes, I do believe that God can bless non-believers. I believe that he blesses them uh mainly because God's love is so unconditional that he's able to sustain us and keep us afloat for his sovereign purpose that he might have in our lives or for the sovereign opportunity to serve him at some point in time. So I I definitely believe that. But I also want to throw this in there too, that, and I made this video a long time ago and I titled it, The Devil Can Bless Too. The devil can bless too. So if you recall Matthew chapter 4, the devil took Jesus up on a high mountain. He showed him all the kingdoms of this world and the glory therein. And he said, all this can be yours if you just bow down and worship me. And what ended up happening was Jesus fought him with the word and he did not bow to Satan. And that was the end of that test. The Bible says that the devil went away for a season, right? He went away from him for a season. But my point is that Every blessing is not from God, but some blessings are. Some blessings are. Promotion is not from the east or the west or the south, but it's of the Lord. Sister Brittany says, can God bless? Oh, that, I just read that. My bad. I'm tripping. <laughs> um, glory to God. Look at what Ashkenazi says. It will be a reproach to them at judgment that God took such good care of them in spite of their being evil. You know, that's interesting because the Bible talks about when you have an enemy don't repay the evil for evil but it says repay evil for for good and it says when you do so you heap coals of fire on your enemy's head so our outlook on life and our outlook on situations and things that we go through needs to be based solely on our relationship with the lord 
I call it getting to God on the vertical, right? That's what Pastor Price calls it. He calls it getting to God on the vertical, meaning that when we come into situations and stuff like that and conflict with people, because of our love for God and also the love for people, we're going to respond in a, in a, in a Christ-like way and not in an ungodly way. And, and you really have to be prayed up to do that. You really have to be prayed up to do that. We went out evangelizing last, was it last Sunday? Either, whatever day we had the outreach, it was November 22nd. We went out evangelizing and uh, usually I'm pretty good at just bouncing stuff off. But somebody said something to me that was kind of snarky and I had a little snarky comeback. And I had to repent because my responsibility, and it wasn't super snarky. Let me be clear. It wasn't like super snarky, but it was snarky in my heart. Let's say it that way. <laughs> you know how sometimes you say the right thing, but you know, in your heart, you saying it different or you say it, you say the right words, but you say it kind of, kind of snarky because it's the wrong spirit behind it. It was one of them things. Sorry. I don't know why my forehead is so ashy, but anyway, uh, yeah, I had to repent because that wasn't how I was supposed to respond. I was supposed to respond with the love of Christ. I was supposed to endure that snarky disrespect that that person gave me. I was supposed to endure that for the sake of the gospel so that he would not look at me as an ambassador for Christ and associate the gospel with retaliation. But he, he should have been able to associate the gospel with unconditional love. So we have to really be mindful of how we deal with folks because we don't want to give the wrong impression. But to your point, Ashkenazi, yeah, to a certain extent, you, well, no, in general, you are right that we just do our part. The rest is up to other folks. If God took it, could, took good care of them, you know, they very well, very well may have to answer for that. I need to, I feel like I talk slow already. I need to start talking slower, apparently. God bless you, Brother Gilbert. He, uh, he says, you're good to see and hear the word being spoken. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. God bless you, brother. Glory to God. Sister Patricia says, being around like-minded believers, community is, a, is very important during these times. We need each other. Absolutely. Beatrice says, wise men and women of God in our lives is so important. Absolutely. Oh, Sister Sherry says she does a gratitude journal. Praise the Lord. I like that. I think Sister Torrance says she's been doing something like that too. Brother Joseph puts in Hebrews. Therefore, since we are surrounded... Okay, we got a call. I'm going to take this. Hey, God bless you. This is Solid Talk. Who do I have on the line? Hello? Hey, what's up, man? Hey, Watching God... your show. Mm-hmm. Hey, what's your name, brother? Yeah, uh, Elijah Schmidt. Hey, what's going on, brother Eli? Not much. Just... uh. Colin, uh I was uh I had a question about like um angels uh like Elijah what are you there? Yeah, sure. What's the question? Oh, um you know like uh how, how some angels show up uh in human form. Yeah. Uh yeah, like uh I was just wondering that uh is there a way to like identify them? Like in uh, Solomon War there was uh like that when Lot went up to the two angels that showed up, they looked like humans, but how do you know why, how do you know how to bow, that he should bow down to them? Like what gave it? That's, that's a good question. I, I would like to suspect that those angels in Sodom and Gomorrah might've looked a little bit different 
than the rest of the humans. But to your point, there are angels that are assigned to come down here that do look like regular everyday humans. I think the word says it like, um, you know, be careful of who you entertain because you might be entertaining angels. And it's just, it's just the point is, you probably know this already, but the point is that you could be, uh, you want to treat everybody the way that you want to be treated. Let's say it that way. And so yeah. there are different types of angels. There are messenger angels like Gabriel. There are warfare angels like Michael. Uh, Gabriel obviously came down and saw Mary and whatever encounter she had with him, that was um, a tangible encounter. As far as how to recognize them, I personally believe that the way it works is that the Holy Spirit has to give you a revelation, usually in hindsight. Like the Spirit? Yeah, I think that there's a way. I think that the Holy Spirit has to give you revelation that you entertain an angel. Yeah, sometimes, like, I'll have, like, a situation, and someone will help me out, and then, you know, out of nowhere, and then they leave, and then I'm, I look back, and I'm like, wait, regular people aren't that nice and don't show up yeah. out of nowhere to help, you know? Exactly, exactly. There's a testimony that I watched. It's by a sister in Christ, and I'm, I'm trying to place her um, name. Sister Charmel actually made a testimony about how she entertained an angel. And I don't want to uh, give it away, but well, actually, right. I am going to give it away because I don't know if you're going to watch it or not. Oh, okay. <laughs> but <laughs> bas basically, she said that her and her friend were in the gym and this guy walked into the gym and they started having a conversation and somehow they got on the subject of the Lord. So that's one indication with the angel It's usually going to be something about the Lord. Right. Um, yeah. And basically. After the fact, her friend was like, that was an angel. And then, I'm, I'm butchering this because it's not my story. <laughs> but long story short, right. the Lord ended up giving her a dream. And that guy was in her dream. And he was an angel in a dream. And he had these huge, uh, like, rainbow wings or something like that. And that's that's not uncommon because in heaven and all of like that. Uh, yeah. In heaven, there's a lot of rainbows in heaven. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, if you look Especially at... Especially in the first heaven, in Colorado. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, Hawaii. <laughs> right, right. Or yeah. maybe Ireland, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So so to answer your question, brother, I'm not, I'm not the, the full-on expert, but I believe that the Lord will give you a revelation. The funny thing, too, about this angel she believes she, she saw, and I do believe her, that he had a Facebook page. He had a Facebook page. <laughs> so, I mean, I don't know what type of assignments they get to do. And I don't know if, if, if that's like a an assignment that they really enjoy doing or maybe they hate doing it. Maybe it's like jury duty <laughs> to them. But right. but I suspect they probably like it. Yeah. I I had this weird dream last night where, um, like, I was coming home. But, I mean, I, I lived in a different home in, in my dream. And... Like behind me, there was like this creek, and it smelled like crap. And then everyone was like, "Where is the smell coming from?" And like the whole, like neighborhood, and everybody was like outside of their house, like, "Where is the smell coming from?" Because it was getting in everyone's house. And then like further up the road, like way up the road, uh, there was like a dam that broke, and some swamp that was behind this guy's house just mm -hmm. like spill out. And there was like 
dead animals and crap like all over. It's it was crazy. And then I I got my dream. I jumped in my car and just like peeled out because I was like, well, first of all, I couldn't breathe very well because it stunk. But second, because I was like, it, it was some gross like thing. It was getting on everything. It was starting to overflow from like the creek, and then it was like getting all over everything. And then you know people were, were like getting on like the stairs because it was overflowing onto like people's properties and their houses. I don't know. I just got out of there, woke up from a dream, and then uh, looked straight up and jerked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, what the? <laughs> yeah, that's that's one weird. of those really weird dreams. It seemed like it lasts forever, too. Like, I think I woke up a few times and went back into it. Mm-hmm. And anyway, so, so it was weird. Yeah, and so you, you're thinking that, are you thinking that an angel was a part of that, or was that something separate? Well, it seemed like I've been having a lot of dreams where, like, kind of, like, prophetic dreams. Um, my name's Elijah, so, you know, it's a proper name, but that has nothing to do with anything. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, the, it's like I'll have, I've been having a lot of, you know, vivid lucid dreams where I'm actively doing something in the dream. Mm-hmm. And then I'll wake up, I might be talking to someone and I'll wake up and I'll still be talking, I'll open my eyes and realize I'm in my bed. And that was just a dream. And then I look around like, does anyone hear me? You know? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Cause yeah. I'll be talking so loud. Right. So, yeah, you got to take it. It's very take, weird. Yeah, never take had that before in my life. Yeah. Yeah, take it to God in prayer. You know, we get, the Lord speaks to us in dreams. Sometimes we have j- just dreams that are of our own selves, or sometimes, unfortunately, the enemy can kind of kind of come into dreams at some point. So we just have to always be prayerful. But But a lot of dreams definitely can come from the Lord. He still speaks today to people just like he spoke during those biblical times. He's the same guy. Like Joseph. Like Joseph. Joseph. Yeah. Yeah. And Moses, maybe. I don't know. There was a, who was the dream interpreter? That was Daniel in the lion's den or something? Yeah, it was Daniel. The Pharaoh? Yep. When, and then he ended up like the, his, uh, Pharaoh's wife lied about him and he ended up in like his jail for like two years. And then some guy was like, well, Daniel interprets people's dreams in there all the time. And then he interpreted Pharaoh's dreams, and then Pharaoh made him like king, I think. Yeah, jo- so yeah, that happened with Joseph, and then something similar also happened with Daniel. Oh yeah, Joseph with his brothers like threw him down there, right? Yeah, but Joseph, yeah, Joseph got arrested because Potiphar's wife was trying to come on to him. Okay, I'm getting this too mixed up, I guess, but similar. Yeah, same. Yeah, same principle. You know both in I mean? the pit. <laughs> right, right, right. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Joseph was one. Okay, I probably saw. I think there was like a movie, a cartoon that came out that was like pretty big, like about like maybe I don't know, fifteen, seventeen years ago or something, where it was like in movie theater. Absolutely. But yeah. The Prince of Egypt or King of Egypt. I don't know something like that. Joseph might have been called actually. I just remember thinking it was weird that there was actual Christian, a Christian, biblically accurate movie in the movie theater. Wow. Yeah, there, there's a channel that I'm subscribed to called Encourage TV. I can't really recommend it because, to be honest with you, I haven't actually watched um, any of it. I'm just subscribed to it. But they put out a lot of Christian content, so you might want to look into Encourage TV and see if maybe some of those movies and stuff might be biblically accurate. Yeah, that's always I always I like those ones like like a the John uh, movie that Jesus is very like stern and like serious. Whereas in uh, the Matthew movie that's out there, he's kind of like, you know, goofy, which I'm not really a fan of. Because he's like smiling all the time. And I would, you know, like I can see Jesus smiling, but not like laughing. 
You know what I mean? Cause yeah, he, just yeah, especially near mean. like when he was about to die. You know? Yeah. Like wow. why would he be doing that? Yeah, I feel but you, bro. The, the actor in that John movie was really good. But, yeah. I mean, I I pay a lot of attention to like the acting. You know, and bad actors, no matter what kind of movie, it could be like a low budget movie if it's got a good actor. And then you know. Yeah. 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 Well, listen, like, you brother. Know, yeah. Yeah, I gotta check him out, man. I gotta check him out. Um, but yeah, brother, I'm so grateful that you called in. I want to get to some more comments and, and maybe calls. So I want to encourage you to call back again. Um, we're on here, Lord willing, uh, just about every Saturday. So yeah, whenever we do a, a, a talk or something like that, man, just shoot me a holler and, and we can come on and chop it up. Oh yeah, I want to say I love your music. I showed a lot of my friends. <laughs> oh, thanks, man. Yeah, that's good. I love rap. Uh, yeah, you try rap too. I mean, that was very thorough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, so you buttering me up now. <laughs> but nah, nah. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, it is, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. But, you know, I mean, like, just the truth. I mean, I listen to a lot of rap, but um, lately, you know, I'm just trying to find, like, Christian rap, you know. And I was like, wow, this is really good. And production quality as well. But um, I wasn't, I mean, I was surprised to find it on the channel. I'm watching, like, your videos, and then I saw on the front, you know, a music video. So I watched that, and I was like, damn, I'm going to show this to some friends. Praise the Lord, man. They um, like it too. Yeah, praise the good, Lord. Good. Praise the Lord. Uh, God is good. It's a gift. I'm just trying to use it. Second album should be out December 21st, 2012. Be on the lookout for that. All right. Better production quality. Um, is it better than the first one? I think so, but you will have to listen to it and see. You know, first, the firstborn yeah. is always, you know, the precious one. But I do think that that is an improvement. So, you can be the judge of that. Yeah, you and the other dude, that's really good. It reminds me kind of like the back in the day when Dr. Dre hooked up with like Eminem. They're both good rappers and complimenting each other. But uh, not yeah. like, you know, what I mean? you know what I'm saying? Just mm-hmm. like uh, as far as people complimenting each other in a rap, that was really good. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, take it easy, man. All right, brother. Yeah, Have nice a good time. one, all right? All right, peace. Bye. Bye-bye. Yeah, praise the Lord. God bless that, brother. That was a great question about entertaining angels. You know, I, I do absolutely believe that we can entertain angels. Glory to God. Glory to God. Let me see. I want to get to some more comments before we close out because it's almost 930. So I'm going to kind of pick up at a random. I think this is where I left off, where Brother Joseph was talking about Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, we must get rid of every weight and sin that cling that clings so closely and run with endurance the race set out for us wow man glory to god glory to god yeah there's a whole lot of other scriptures i don't have time to get through them tonight but just do go to blueletterbible.org and search the word endure and look at it you'll see a lot of a lot of them occur when paul was writing timothy so if you're in ministry and something like that there's definitely endurance and endurance that you're called to be at his feet amen god has a purpose for our life and he draws us to himself we are sinful in nature thankfully he is full of grace and mercy amen amanda marie says as god lives in the future i believe he keeps his eye on non-believers and has mercy especially knowing if you will eventually yield to his will he is standing at the door and knocking until you open wow amen to that glory to god Ruth Thompson says, good topic, man of God, always enduring grace needed daily. Absolutely, Sister Ruth, absolutely. 
Glory to God. Lord knows I'm trying to hang on. Moni, he says, if I'm entertaining an angel, I would like to know. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. The link that I put in the chat is a link to uh, Traces of Ashes channel. And that's a testimony where she and her friend, I was just talking to the brother about it. Uh, they were entertaining angels. Moni says, wow. So do they come down here on hu in, on human form on a regular basis? I personally believe they do. I'm not saying that it's just like a gazillion angels walking among us, but I just believe that in the life of many believers, there will be one or two instances where we just might entertain an angel. We just never know. You know, I do think God will place something in our spirit to know. I had thought I'd entertain an angel. I'm going to say this story, then I'm going to close out. Um, yeah, I caught up anyway. Yeah, I'm going to say this, then we're going to close out. I had I was on a fast I was actually praying. I was actually fasting about once saved, always saved, and if it was of God or not. And I had, uh, I was at home, and I just got an an urge to buy something. I, I can't even remember. This was years ago. This was probably I was probably like only uh, maybe two years into my walk or something, and I got an urge to buy something, and I went to the store down the street called Price Right, and randomly in Price Right. There was just a, a bunch of random missionaries that were just there, I guess, trying to tell people about Jesus or something like that. And I ended up meeting this sister. Her name was Sister Hannah, and she had a Facebook. Now, it's kind of funny now because I wrote her off as being an angel because she had a Facebook. <laughs> but now that I know other angels can have Facebooks, now I'm starting to question, maybe she was an angel after all. But anyway, the reason why I thought she was an angel was because it was just so random for these people to be in this grocery store at that hour when the Lord told me to go. And I live in a predominantly black neighborhood. So these were like, I think she was, um, Lord, I'm about to get her, uh, her whole ethnicity messed up. But she was definitely some type of Asian or island Pacific person. And anyway... And her, I think like her, her peers were either the same or they were like white or something like that. So it was just very weird to see them there. But anyway, she answered that question for me. And I thought that I might have been entertaining an angel, but she probably was just a human. I don't know. But then this other example is this guy I told you guys about in a solid talk I made called I Rap Now. And I talked about how I was seeking the Lord about my calling and I was at the Metro near my house and this guy just randomly was like hey are you a christian and i said yeah and he just began to prophesy to me out of nowhere so he could have been an angel or he could have just been a believer in the lord you know use him to prophesy to me uh never saw the guy before that never saw the guy after i'm gonna tell one last story of when i uh might have been entertaining an angel and i've told this one before so i'm gonna make it quick and then, once again, this lady might not be an angel because my friend told me that he saw her before, too. Although I wonder if angels do like tours of duty down here. I might have to seek the Lord about it. But anyway, I was really upset over something. It was like some black person had gotten shot and killed by the police. And I was still a little bit of a social justice warrior at this point, And I was just really frustrated. And I was ready to I, I was telling myself that I was ready to give up on the faith. Because I was not satisfied with what I was not satisfied with what was going on in this country at that time amongst black 
young people, young men that were getting shot and killed by the police. Now, if you don't watch my recent videos, you know I have a completely different perspective now, but that's neither here nor there. At this stage of where I was in life, I was really upset about it. And I was just like, Lord, I, I want some answers. If I don't get some answers, I'm just I'm just done with this. And um, I get off the train. It's, I mean, yeah, I get off the train and now I'm about to catch the bus to go home. It's pouring down, raining outside. Pouring down, raining. And this lady is just yelling. I, I have my headphones on and I hear somebody yelling at the top of their lungs. So I'm trying to figure out what's going on because where I live, that could be anything. That could be a fight. That that could be somebody into an argument. That could be a party. You know what I mean? But I turn and I look. I take my headphones out and I see this lady who is in the rain preaching like she has lost her mind about salvation and about Christ and about how he is the truth and about how people need to repent and all of this stuff. It was, it, I think she was an African lady or something like that. But nonetheless, I knew that that was God speaking to me, even though there were other people around and they might have heard the sermon or whatever you want to call it. They might have heard the preaching, too. Or maybe they didn't hear it. Maybe maybe it's maybe it was just maybe it just happened in my mind and the Lord made it happen for me. But all I know is that I heard it. And that was the Lord responding to my heart in that moment. And she could have been an angel. I really don't know. But we'll understand it better by and by. So listen, family, it is 932. My forehead is itching like crazy. I didn't, I went on, I went to my aunt's in the house and I didn't bring none of my face stuff. And I just used some regular soap for like maybe three or four days straight. And it's like that regular soap just, just destroyed my face. But anyway, hopefully my face will be better next week. I'm not going to keep y'all on here talking about my face. We're going to keep it moving. Didn't do announcements, but I want to say them real quick. Just thank you all once again for our outreach. We put some pictures up on Instagram. If you want to check those out, our channel is The Manifestation Movement. I said I was going to do a little recap video on here. I may or may not. But nonetheless, thank you all for donations and all of that stuff. It was a blessing. We had a lot of clothes, a lot of, lot of stuff to give out. Uh, I thank... Um, sister julie and her friend yvette who came up here from houston texas to help us out so i'm very grateful and appreciative for that but that's all i have you all take care and be blessed this is sonic talk speaking out loud yeah, 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 yeah. check it out Speaking out loud in depth, cancel culture can't keep me in check. If from beginning, gotta tell us what's next. True believers, they can come and connect. Call in or even come as a guest and show each other respect. I keep it solid, I'm dropping knowledge. Wisdom, understanding, just like you done went to college. Devil know we working, his goal is to try to stop it. Helmet of salvation and shield of faith that'll block it. Controversial topics, just to keep it honest. Truth hit hard, just like it's a blunt object. Culture living godless, I can't even call it. We in the last days, Babylon is falling. Don't kill the messenger, I can't mess with ya Points got a plethora, this life will keep on testing ya Just walk and get the best of ya I'm trying to tell you bruh, only a the Shelby say we trying to get the rest Speaking of ya Speaking out loud in depth, cancel culture can't keep me in check In from beginning, gotta tell us what's next True believers, they can come and connect Call in or even come as a guest and show each other respect 
Spiritual wickedness in high places Trying to cause division with the people and the races Jesus gave commission, say go out to all the nations So we streaming live on television and the stations No, we taking off like asteroids up in the spaces The cross was Eddie Murphy, then I go we trading places The lost must understand that we cannot be void of graces So we preach it to a generation that is faithless Understand his greatness, ancient of the ages Written on my heart, the red letters of the pages The blood of Jesus covers all my sin and it erases I pleaded and believe it so it covers all my bases Speaking out loud in depth, cancel culture can't keep me in check And from beginning, gotta tell us what's next True believers, they can come and connect Call in or even come as a guest and show each other respect Try and keep my sanity amongst calamity Social media nothing more than narcissistic vanity PC culture on a mission and they try to cancel me But I know Jesus gonna keep me covered like a canopy Blood give me amnesty, no I can't handle me Not where I wanna be, but best believe I plan to be Flesh wrestle against the spirit, main event and slambery So I need him every day, this daily, weekly, annually Iron sharp as iron, so I'm strengthened by my brethren We may not meet down here, but guaranteed the link in heaven The born again and righteous are the ones he's gonna let in Let's keep the faith and be amongst the saints when they step in